Hello, everybody. Um, I slept real interestingly last night because of my time zone difference. I woke up with two sankampas. This is not this is not natural for me. Like what you see in my eyes, these are not normally there. I didn't even know I had it until someone uh, pointed it out. Um, couldn't sleep till three in the morning because my jet lag, and then I woke up at six. And then I went back to sleep till twelve. I thought it was like 8.30 when I woke up, but it was, um, it was noon. I had like six text messages from the staff, like, yo, where you at? You coming? And I was like, oh, shoot, I just woke up, yo. I missed the whole morning session. My bad, you know? Um, anyways, uh, if you weren't here last night, um, I really felt like the Lord really did a powerful thing. I, I always ask myself or ask God, Lord, what's my assignment? Like, why am I there? Like, what's my purpose of being here? I used to be more, um, I, I would think more about what should I say, what should I preach. But lately, my mind goes to who I mean, encourage and what's my assignment. And I actually felt like yesterday I, I did my assignment. So I told Sam, like, bro, why you got me going twice, dog? Everyone going once, you got me going two, right? But this morning, uh, I actually had a message prepared that I was going to think that I was planning to speak. But I woke up at noon, but I did spend some time with the Lord and I felt like I actually wanted to train uh, a little bit today. If yesterday my goal was to have you meet God, uh, today my goal is to train you to keep walking with God. And if yesterday uh, my goal was to inspire you, to get you into the secret place, uh, my heart's desire today is to train you with what to do when you're in the secret place. Um, there's a difference when you train um, uh, hungry people versus arrogant people is very different approach. Like arrogant people and people with heart and hearts, you have to awaken them, right? You got to like stir them to even want to follow God. But when you have Peters who want to follow Jesus, but they're cutting ears off, you got to, you don't inspire them to walk with God, God more or they might just kill somebody, right? You, what you want to do is you want to train and disciple them of how to follow Christ. And I felt like as a result of yesterday and given the crowd that we're going to have this afternoon, because most people don't come to morning sessions or afternoon sessions unless they like really want to be there. You know what I'm saying? So my heart's desire today is to help you and train you on how to read God's word. This has transformed my life. In fact, I have trained uh, I think without exaggeration, now maybe hundreds, maybe even thousands of people on how to do this. And 100% of those who actually put it into practice have literally told me this has transformed their lives. The, the word is transformed. I do this with my staff, wherever I, I even do this with Andrew Lee back there. We do this every day together. And everyone says to me, yo, yo, Will, this has to you is one of my mentors have done and trained on to me, okay? But before I do the training, I want to do a quick teaching and exhortation. So if you have the word, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. As you turned, I heard that Danny preached on Joshua the first night, and I heard it was powerful. Yep. I mean, the gram made it look like it was fire. I mean, the Instagram story made it look like he was preaching to 10,000 people. But so I was, I'm coming to preach. No, I'm playing, right? But Joshua chapter 1, as you guys know, was after Moses died. And Moses died arguably the greatest leader to ever live. When I was in Egypt, Mount Sinai is in Egypt. But you could still go there. 
where he received the Ten Commandments. And I was like, oh, can, can we go there? And that was a seven-hour drive. I said, oh, next time, right? But Moses is one of the most respected people to ever live, especially in the Jewish community. He's like the leader, right? So Jesus was supposed to be a prophet like Moses. Greatest, I mean, he's so great. He took a nation of slaves, delivered them from the greatest nation to ever live, the Egyptians, and then turned them into a nation before he died. I mean, think about the leadership that requires. That's like someone were to go to North Korea right now, set the regime, like set them all free, bring them out and make them into a new nation and die. So Joshua is taking over his shoes, taking over his position. Imagine the insecurity, the fear, the anxiety that he feels as he's thinking about the pressure of leading like Moses, the pressure of taking over his baton to finish the task of taking them now into the promised land. So as you know, God tells him, don't be afraid, don't be scared, but be bold and be courageous. Why do you tell someone not to be afraid? Because they're afraid. Like the only reason why you go to a little kid and say, you don't need to be afraid, is because they're just trembling in fear. So Joshua is not this bold guy. He's like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. So, Joshua, so God says three times, be bold and courageous. Be bold and courageous. And he says, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. That's one of my favorite verses. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. What does that mean? Joshua, Moses isn't special. I'm special. Yeah. Moses, is, he had a st 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 stuttering problem. He's not that special. He's saying, look, the reason why he was special was because my presence. And just the way that I was with him, I'm going to be with you. And he's telling Joshua, look, I know you think that person is special, but without the anointing, without the favor of God, they're just dirt. Look, I'll just say this. When the anointing leaves me, I got nothing to offer. When the spirit is not there, I really don't know what I'm saying. I really don't know what I'm doing. So he's telling Joshua, it's my anointing, it's my spirit. But he tells him, be strong and courageous, which means that you're going to have strength. Look, to be a Christian and to live this Christian life, what we really need is strength. We don't need more hype. Hype is as good as when the song stops, okay? That's as long as the hype lasts. The moment the pastor says, amen, hype is gone, emotions is over, what you need is strength. That's why Paul says, I pray for your inner man, your inner woman to be strengthened. Right? To be believers is not just to be loud and rowdy and passionate, but it's to actually have something to offer. It's to have something that people want, and that's the inner strength of the spiritual life. But the question is, is where does our strength come from? When in verse 7 says, only be strong and very courageous, where does the courage come from? Does it come from hype? No. I don't even think it comes from the anointing. I think power comes from the Holy Spirit, but strength? Strength and courage comes from having a relationship with the scriptures. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Everyone say meditate. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, this is cause and effect, right? For then, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have 
good success. Here's a sandwich, right? The sandwich. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord is with you wherever you go. Right? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Those are the two loaves of bread. The meat is meditate on my word. Let's break this down real quick. Verse 7. If I was Joshua and if I were God and he was supposed to take over a nation, like literally the number one senior leader of our nation, I will be giving him strategies on what the land of Canaan looks like. I will be giving him strategies of how to organize your structure and organize your corporation, organize your ministry, who to hire, how to deal with your finances. But did you know sometimes there's one thing that answers all things? Sometimes we, we try to answer the small things, but if you answer the major question, it answers all the questions. And instead of telling Joshua how to lead, instead of telling Joshua what these Canaanites are like, he says, all you need to do is one thing. You need to know my word. Amen. That's the one thing that answers all things. Even God, it says, oh, how, how can we obey God? There's one thing you need to do, love God. Loving God answers all 613 commandments. It says, God, how do you want me to lead? How do you want me to take over? It's this one thing, Joshua, that's going to answer all the questions to leadership. Know my word. And look what it says here in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What does that, what does that mean? That means lead with the scriptures. Live according to the scriptures. Don't plan according to your flesh. Don't structure according to leadership strategies. Don't, do, don't lead your family according to the worldly ways. But in your mouth, lead by speaking the word, leading the word, and living the word, whatever you do. And if you do that, if this book of the law does not depart from your mouth and you meditate on it, you will have good success and you will be prosperous wherever you leave. Oh, he's not even a pastor. He has over 700 restaurant franchises. Okay, 700. Okay. okay, I don't want to pressure it, but he tells me he reads anywhere from 25 to 50 chapters a day of scripture. And I was like, stop lying, right? But that's what he tells me. And one time we were talking and he was like, and I, I just caught it. And we do weekly discipleship. And he was like, you know, for our Christmas party, someone stole a MacBook in our corporate office. I was like, whoa, that's not a good culture. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, like in your corporate office, someone stole a brand new MacBook. He's like, yeah. And then he was like, and I've been praying. And I decided, you know, and he's like, because I was reading the Bible, and the Bible says you shall purge evil from your camp. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it does say that, right? He's like, so I had to purge evil. You could rebuke foolishness, but you can't rebuke evil. You have to purge evil. So I just fired him. I was like, wow, he's literally using the scriptures to run his And he literally says, people always ask me, what's my secret to being successful? And he's, he's actually a billionaire, right? And he said, I just read the word and I obey the word at home, in my family, at church, and at work. And I just am successful. I don't know how, but I just, I was like, this is some, this is solid. This is real good nuggets. And he's always telling me, Will, read the word and do the word and live the word and you're going to be successful. You're going to be prosperous. Amen. All right, let's just do one more verse. Let's go to Psalm chapter 1 before we go into the training. 
Psalm chapter 1. You know, I used to use a physical Bible. And then once my daughter was born, she ripped two of my Bibles. And then I went digital. Okay, I went digital. <laughs> Look at verse 2. This is very intentional on God's end or the scribes end to put this as the first psalm. Because what you put in the beginning at the end is what you want the attention to be on, right? Verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates. Everyone say meditate. meditate. He meditates day and night. Same thing he told Joshua. Why day and night? It means he thinks about it all day. Man, there's a verse in Psalm something. I forget where it was my meditation verse recently. David says it. And David says, I, oh, Psalm 119. I meditate on your law all day long. In Psalm 119 somewhere. It says, I meditate on your, day, on your law all day long. And I was like, whoa. And that was my meditation verse for the day. And I believe the thing is like, God, how can you meditate on the law all day long? And God was like, you check your Instagram all day long. I was like, oh, snap, you're right. He's like, you check your email all day long. You check your text all day long. David did the exact same thing, but he read my word all day long. I was like, oh, God. He's like, literally, David didn't have a phone, so when he had free time, he just read my word. David didn't have email, so when he had free time, he just opened the Bible and read the word. Or he went to the temple and said, read the law to me. Read, read it. And David says, your law is like honey to my lips, like water to my soul, like light to my feet and a lamp to my path. And he says, oh, how I delight in your law. I love it, right? So he says here, not David, but God says, he, on his law, he meditates this person. He or she is like a tree planted by the streams of water. That means that its roots are on a riverbank. You know, in Egypt, everything is desert except where the Nile River is. Everything is brown, but on the Nile, everything is green because it's planted by the Nile River. What is he saying here? When you meditate on God's law, you become strong. You become healthy. You become immovable and unshakable. See, this is a principle that is so foundational, but we think it's elementary. I said it yesterday. Basic things you learn and move on from foundational things you learn and you relearn and relearn and relearn and relearn and relearn. We think reading the word is basic. No, it's foundational. You revisit it over and over and over and over. You increase the intake and more. What do I mean by this? When you work out, there's basic things you learn. But after repetitions get the same, you got to change it and work out more and more and more to get stronger and stronger. But he says here, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water. What's the comparison? You're either going to be a tree planted by the streams of water or you're going to be a tree planted in the desert. The one who's planted in the word of God is bearing fruit, has strength, has life. The one who's planted in the flesh, in the desert, you will have manufactured fruit. Look what it says here. That yields its fruit in its season. I love this. You know why? Fruit is organic. It's not manufactured. You can't create fruit. All you can do is pour water, let the sun shine, let the nutrients come, and it'll grow in its time. See, this shirt, we can mass produce. It's in the factory. Fruit is organic. In other words, fruit in God takes time. You don't just become a man of God tomorrow. 
You don't become a woman of God tomorrow. I mean, my mentor was like, Will, once he started training me, he said, Will, can you do something with me? I said, yeah. He said, I want to disciple you. I said, okay. He said, let's read 25 chapters a day together. I said, the devil is a liar, right? I was like, first of all, stop exaggerating. Number two, stop lying. He's like, no, I read 25 chapters a day. I read the Bible five times last year, front to back. And I was like, okay, okay. Running a company of that, I don't like me. I said, and I tried, I couldn't do it. So I told him next week, I can't. He said, okay, then let's do 15. I said, I can't. He said, how many are you doing right now? I was like, I don't know, like two to three. He's like, then let's just do 10. It's like, yo, fam, I love it when I meet people that redefine obedience for me. I love it. When I'm with the average Christian in America, they redefine obedience for me to go lower. Yo, I read one Bible. Wow, I'm so godly, like one chapter, wow. But when I meet these like world changers, there's a reason why they're there. There's a reason. Don't think it's because they're gifted. It's because they're doing things that others aren't doing. I know we think LeBron is Jack 3D. He is, but he does things no one else does. And I realize, oh, the reason why you're so successful, the reason why you're so godly is because you do things that no one else does. And he redefined obedience for me. So I said, fine, let's do 10. So I try to do 10 now because of him. And I'm trying to increase it to 15. What I'm saying is it takes time. So don't be discouraged. It takes time. It says fruit in its due season. If you look at someone else's fruit and they're in a different season, you get jealous because you're not there. Don't get jealous. They've been doing it longer than you. I used to look at my father-in-law and say, how can I do that? He said, wait 20 years. (laughs) I'm like, how can I know God like that? He says, are you crazy? I've been walking with God for 25 years, 30 years. You've been walking with God for two. (laughs) It'll take time. But it says here, you still do it day and night, and it's due season. It yields fruit. What do I mean by this? Every Christian has fruit. If you're reading God's word and you're meditating on it, you will have fruit. And it says, "Is leaf does not wither. It's the same. All that he does, he prospers. The same thing as Joshua. So if the Bible repeats something over and over in different books, it's for us to take that and apply that and live that. Amen? So I want to uh, train you with something I've been trained. And wherever I go speak, I literally tell them, hey, if you you got to give me a session where I could do this. Like, that's how important it is to me. Whenever I go speak, I mean, people are doing this in Korea, in different countries, different states, because that's how important it is for me. And I do this, or I try to do this every single day. So I have a PowerPoint slide, um, if you have it, my brother. So we, we as a ministry, and me in my personal life, uh, we do something called ODB. It's a yearly, daily Bible plan, and we follow this, but there's a certain way that I've been trained. Now I've inspired you, now I want to uh, train you. Let me just read it. Let me just say a quote before I, I start this. He says, a wise man learns from his mistakes. A wiser man learns from the mistakes of others. The wisest man learns from the success of others. Wow. So a wise man learns from his or her mistakes. A wiser man learns from the mistakes of others, but the wisest of them all learns from the success of others. This is something that's been passed down to me from a person I consider to be successful. 
in their life, both Christian and in the, in the totality of their whole health, mental, physical, emotional, financial, every way possible. So I want to impart this to you for those who are hungry and willing to do this. So I'm going to go through five steps of how to approach God's Word. Um, number one, the step, step one is very simple. Come to Jesus. <laughs> Everyone say, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You know, I used to, I used to feel, and I used to want to know how to hear the voice of God. I wanted to learn how to hear the voice of God. How can I hear God's voice? And it's very simple, I've learned. If you want to hear God's voice, you have to be close to God. In order to hear the voice of God, you need to be close to Him. And that's why when Elijah was trying to hear God's voice, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the winds, he wasn't in the fire, he was in the still small. So before you even read God's word, the first thing you have to do is come to Jesus. Right? Hebrews 11.6 says, first of all, it, says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. And then verse 6 says, whoever comes to God, comes to God, whoever comes to Jesus, must believe that he is. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what does it mean to come to Jesus? This is what I do every morning, almost every morning. I close my eyes, and before I check my phone, before I check Instagram, before I check my email, before I do any of that, like literally, it's a discipline of mine. I don't do any of that. And I go like, Lord, I'm here. God, I love you. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I worship you. Thank you for this brand new day. And I, I, I always say this, just repetition, but it doesn't want to be religious, but I say, Lord, open my eyes to see you. Open my ears open my heart to know you. Speak to me through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's how I start. It doesn't take me more than two minutes. Unless the night before I got into a fight with my wife, it'll take me five minutes. I'm like, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. Or if I like did something stupid and I was on YouTube for like two hours, I'm like, oh, cleanse my mind. I'm so filled with the world, right? Now, let me just say a side note. I think personally, this is not a law, personally, I think the best time to read God's word is first thing in the morning. It's my opinion. It's the first thing in the morning. Why? Because in the morning, you have a blank sheet of paper. It's a blank slate. There's nothing written on it. Stress is not written on it yet. Anxiety is not on it yet, right? Like, Instagram is not on it yet. Your email is not written on it. Your employee that drives you nuts, your manager that wants you want to kill, he's not there yet. <laughs> so what I do is, for me, I have this. Today, I woke up at noon. And they were like, we'll come get you at one. I said, nah, yo. I need to spend time with God before I go there and preach. The first thing I did today was I did this. So if you can, I think the best time is first thing in the morning. If you can't do that because you have a baby, come on now, I know how that feels. Or you can't do that because you have to go to work by like six, do it on a consistent time every day. There's a book by James Clear, it's called Atomic Habits. He talks about a thing called a stacking, habit stacking. He says that all this research of how to grow in habits has been proven. If you try to create a discipline or a habit out of nowhere, it's really hard. So they call it a habit stacking. Add a habit onto something you already do every single day. So if you study every single day, read it right before you study or right after you study. 
I do this, but I also read the word right after I eat lunch and right after I eat dinner again. It's, you have it stack onto what you already do consistently. But anyways, that's even, that wasn't supposed to say that, but come to Jesus, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, come to Jesus. Don't just read it because you're, you're too full of worldly things, okay? Here we go. Uh, number two, PowerPoint will change, is read the word. I'm showing you what we do. You don't have to do this. But what I do is because I like reading a Bible plan plus more, but I follow this every morning for my meditations. And if you go to odb.org or if you um, download a phone app called ODB, Our Daily Bread, I just love the name Our Daily Bread. They got me with the branding, dude. Our Daily Bread, right? In that, there's a daily devotional, but there's also a daily, day, a yearly Bible plan. And I follow that. And you click read now in the next slide. Today is September 14. It says today for my ODB and Andrew's ODB and like hundreds of others that are part of this, we all read Proverbs 19, 20, 21 and 2 Corinthians 7 together. And we read it all together. You know why this is so amazing? Like right now in our community, it's like a virus. Like everyone's talking about God's word. Like you go to different coffee shops, people are like, yo, how did God speak to you today? And they're all reading the same passage. So there is just this thing happening in our region where everyone's just reading the same passages and because they're meditating on it, which I'm going to teach you and train you how, there's just this movement of God's word. Okay. Now, let me tell you how to read the word. We're still in step two, but the next slide, read God's word slowly and intently. Reading God's word is not like eating halal at night. It's like eating Peter Luger's. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I haven't been there yet. Somebody take me, please. What do you do when you take that bite? It's, you want to eat it slow. You want to taste every single salt and butter. Mm. Halal is like, you just eat it real fast, right? And afterwards, you're like, oh, oh. why did I do that, right? You read it slowly and intently. What do I mean by intently? You read it expecting God to speak. You know when you talk to someone, you know they're not there because they're spaced out. And you know when you talk to someone, they're there. Like there are times I'm talking to my wife and my wife knows I'm not here. She's talking, but her mouth is just going like, and I'm like, I want to sleep right now. I cannot understand. But sometimes we do that with God's word. We just read it. I read the word. I felt good about myself. I did a religious duty. The goal is not to read the word. The goal is to meet God. The goal is to hear God. The goal is to receive. David says, I wake up in the morning and I watch in expectation. He watches the sacrifices and offerings to him. So you read slowly and intently and expectantly. You could read the passage over and over and over. Many other times I read ESV, I'm like, it's too complicated, so I go to NLT. I still don't understand, so I go to the message. <laughs> I used to be too religious because of seminary, I said the message is not the word of God. No, forget that. That sucker helped me understand so much. I'm like, what does this mean, Leviticus? Eugene Peterson would tell me what it means in the message version. So I would read two, three, four versions sometimes to get it more deeply. And this is what I really want to encourage you. Highlight verses that stand out to you. I know some of you are like, oh, but I like it when my Bible is clean. Like, I don't like highlights. Okay? Then it's okay. Then what you want to do is just write down the verses that speak to you then. It's going to take you longer, but you can do that if you want. Say so every morning, 
I try, I write the one verse that stands out. And then I write my meditations and I share it every morning to, to our staff, right? But now, you highlight, follow me, you highlight all the verses that stand out, all of it. And here's when you narrow in, I want to teach you something. Pick one that stands out more than all of them. I know we like all the Marvel series, but come on, Endgame was the best, right? No? You need Jesus. Anyways, right? No? Dude, when Captain America got the hammer, I was like, Duh! I used to hate Captain America. I think it was the nerdiest one. I like T'Challa, right? Gangster, right? But, but when, when, when Cap got the hammer, I was like, yo! Well, my point is this. Pick one. That's not, that has nothing to do with anything. But pick one, no, follow me, we're gonna go into meditation now. You pick one verse that stands out more than all the verses, okay? Pick one verse that stands out more. So you pick many verses, you highlight many verses, but after you highlight many, pick one that stands out more. I'll tell you why. Step three, we're gonna meditate. Next slide. Meditate on one verse or one main idea. It doesn't have to be one verse, it could be one main idea. And this is what I do. I ask myself four questions to help me meditate. The Word of God is only as effective as it's applied to your life. So I ask myself four questions. What does this verse tell me about God? What does this verse tell me about the Christian life? What am I going to do about it? And number four, how shall I pray? Now, in the beginning, you use this as repetition, but once you get into the grind, you don't really go through these questions, you just go into it. But in the beginning, it's very helpful because you could pick a verse and it's like, oh, I don't, it's not really, I, it, it, the Spirit has illuminated it to me, but my mind hasn't yet perceived it. And then when you walk, and the reason why it's so simple, you know, our Christian faith should be so simple that children should be able to do it. Yeah. If only scholars can do it, it's no longer the Christian faith. Let's cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. I had so many verses I highlighted, and Proverbs especially, but that one spoke to me the most. And as I read this, it says, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to the completion of God. When I read this, it said, wow, God wants me to be holy. This shows me that God cares about my holiness. I know there's so much talk about grace, but he doesn't want me to be in defilement. Christian life, it says the Christian should live in holiness and sanctification in the fear of God. And number three, the the application for me was last night because I was so tired from all the travel. I'll be honest with you. Usually at night, what I do is I read some more Bible and I read a book and I go to sleep. But last night I went on YouTube. And I was just listening to Breakfast Club because Stephen A. Smith was on it and I was curious. And I listened to some Vlad TV because I still love hip hop. And I just stayed up till like three because I was so wired. And I woke up and I was like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I, don't, I have enough self-worth where I don't condemn myself no more. I imagine I shouldn't have done that, but I read the verse. I was like, oh man, I really shouldn't have done that. Because this morning I'm not as clean as I like to be. So that was that. And, the, and so my, my application was, I got, I got to stop doing that. I got to stop looking at entertainment before I sleep. I, for me, it was I got to mirror what I do in the mornings to my nights. Because the word says meditate day and night. That was my personal application. Number four, how shall I pray? I just prayed this morning. I said, like, God, help me to not be defiled. Very simple. And I sent it to my group. Okay, now, step four. Here we go. Step four is 
you share with others your meditation. Fam, I'm telling you right now, step three and four is what changed the game for me. I've never meditated on God's Word before. I just read it or didn't read it. When you meditate on God's Word, right, it, it does something where it becomes personalized. Because most of us, we're waiting for our pastors to give us their meditation. Good. You know that's what Sunday is, right? Sunday is a regurgitation of their meditation. I say Sunday preaching, please don't take this offensive. It's like baby mama birds throwing up in the mouths of their babies. <laughs> As baby mama goes out, he's all these worms and bugs and ants and comes back and says, you hungry? And you're like, oh, it tastes so good, right? To me, that's what's happening every Sunday morning. It's so much better if you ate the own, your own word. You heard from God yourself. Because pastors are not just speaking. They're actually speaking what they've meditated. What if you do that every single day? And you don't need D.A. Carson and Tim Keller and Greek and Hebrew. You just need these four questions, okay? I'm telling you, it works better oftentimes. And number four, this changed the game. You share your meditations daily with others. You know, in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says that they met in the temple daily. That's what it says, dude. You're going to either erase that or believe that. Don't try to exegete daily. Daily actually means once a week. No, it literally means they met daily. <laughs> so we as a staff, we were like, look, how can we apply this to our team? And I said, you know, we can't meet daily in our context, but we can meet digitally daily. We can meet in our chat group daily. And the Bible says the word of God increased. So it says in Acts 6, the word of God increased. So what we do in our staff is we share our meditation into a chat every single day to each other. And step five is you pray. This is what I do. I usually start my prayer every morning after ODB. I try to spend 30 minutes in prayer. I don't do it every day. I just try. I try to be. And I start with the meditation verse. So this morning when I started my prayer, I didn't pray about pursuit. I didn't pray about my speaking engagement. I prayed and said, God, help me to not live in defilement. I want my body and spirit to be holy so that the fear of God may be complete in me. God, help me. That's how I start. And I, met, and I start my prayer in that, and then I go into whatever else. That's another training for another time, how to pray. Okay, but... Let me just show you some examples so you see. This is just today. California is, you know, three, years, three hours ahead, so some people haven't done it yet. But look, next slide. I crossed out their names, but you could kind of see it. My bad, right? <laughs> we have a chat. We use Basecamp for our, for our ministry. And look, you see that? Proverbs 16.9. It's one verse. They pick one. The heart of a man plans his way but the Lord establishes his step. Isn't that funny, ESV? And then they're like, what does this mean, message? We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. Right? That's it's such, it's such a powerful verse. Right? We plan our ways, but the purposes of God prevails. Right? He establishes. And then my staff members write, sigh. This verse is so humbling and yet encouraging. No matter how much we can plan to have it go a certain way, and as a planner, I love sticking to my schedule, my plans, my list, Yada, 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 yada. And they send it. <laughs> I'm such a square. I didn't even read these, by the way. I hope there's nothing personal. Next slide, next slide. Next slide, my other staff, Proverbs 21.5. The plans 
of the diligent leads surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. And my staff, he writes his reflection. Let's go to the next slide. Now it's me. I told you I woke up at 12, right? It says 12.56. Love it, Tim. Thank you for loving God and inspiring us. We have a, we have a rule because there's too many people sharing. So we can't respond to everyone. So we say just respond to the one person above you. So it keeps alive. And that was my thing. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body. And I wrote my meditation. And boom, this is why I love my life. Next slide. Come on, wife. She goes right after me, right? <laughs> let me just pause real quick. Look at me real quick. Don't read my wife's, but look at me. <laughs> Y'all like, what did Andrea's reflection go? You know? This has been so powerful for our staff. It's literally changed. This is the secret sauce for us. You know, as a pastor, right? And as a minister, my greatest joy, and all pastors know this, our greatest joy is when if our people walk with God. And our greatest fear and even insecurity is if they don't. But I tell my staff, man, because I know you're reading God's word every day, I have utter confidence in our team. Before I used to be confident because some of our team members were gifted and anointed, but I've seen too many gifted people fall because some of our staff member has a lot of money, but I saw our staff member like manipulate with money. But when I see my staff, I'm like, I know you're reading God's word every day. You're, I know every single freaking one of you are reading. We, we're going to tear it up, dude. <laughs> we're going to destroy. I literally tell my staff that as a leader of this ministry, I have so much confidence because I know you hear from God. On, like you hearing from me once a month and once a week, bleh, malnutrition. That's what you're going to be. That's right. Right? Next slide. So my wife goes, this person, you know, she wrote the same thing. Proverbs is rocking me. <laughs> it's been getting hard into the rhythm of things coming back from Korea and work has been overwhelming, but I needed to start my today being filled. I've been running on fumes. My mind and soul have no peace and clarity. And nights filled with anxiety, with everything that needs to be done. You know, me as a leader, when I read that, I know what she's going through. Oh, shoosh. I, got, I text her, yo, you're good. You're good, yo, we got your back. And then she gives her meditation. Proverbs 19, 21. Many other plans. It's like every single one of us, same thing. Many other young adults, right? We don't know what the heck our future holds. So it's like many other plans in the person's heart. But the Lord's purpose prevails. Look, you know why this is so powerful? Because this is her word for the day. And who did she hear from? Me? No. Sam? No. Yuri? No. Danny? No. From God himself. Right now, I'm in three different chats. It's, it's not wise to do that, but I'm trying to help some people. I'm putting Andrew Lee on blast. Next slide. <laughs> it's because it's promised. Right, look at Andrew's. I, you can't read it all, but his is also the same thing. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And he says, this verse reminds me of Psalm 127, which says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. I have so many plans and ambitions, even those I want to accomplish for the glory of God. However, these plans are useless unless they are from the Lord. His plans are higher than my... This is a good meditation, dog. I should just preach this. And they always succeed. What's most important for me to do... And then he, his meditation is like triple the length of this. I want to impart this to you. I'm telling you guys, like... Like, revival is good, but we could even idolize revival. What if God doesn't want revival? What if he wants to curse a nation? <laughs> 
Like straight up, like people are like praying for revival, and sometimes I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. like you know, there's a hell and a heaven, <laughs> and God gets glory through both. Like, I mean, come on, I mean, I'm just giving you an example. Like, look, that's what I live and breathe for. Like, I'm fasting. I'm here because Sam's like, we're going for revival. I'll be there, but that's all secondary. Yeah. Nehemiah and Ezra, they weren't crying out for revival as much as they themselves were so revived that when they went to a dry and broken place, they could not contain the revival that was inside of them. And it manifested outside where they were. But if you're praying for revival and you yourself are not revived, it's all in vain. There was a season in my life where I was preaching on Sunday without reading the God's Word on Monday. I will read the word to preach and not to hear from God. And that's just, that doesn't work. This is what I want to do. We're not going to do ministry time. I want to activate it real quick. I know it's weird to do this at a conference. Usually at retreats, this is much more practical and applicable. The last slide is a very, all the steps summarized. Here's how we do it. Step one, come to Jesus. Step two, read the word. Step three, pick one verse and meditate. Step four, journal and share, right? Write your meditation and share. Step five, pray. I forgot to mention this. We do this very structured in our staff. And I know so many ministries now that do this. People send me videos all the time. After you spoke, we start all our... In fact, at my staff, every Saturday morning, because we meet early in the morning, we start with this together. Yeah. I say, do it before you come. It's going to take too long if we do it all together. And we start every staff meeting. How did God speak to you? And it's just, it's just, it's just changed the culture. It's, it's really powerful, bro. <laughs> so that's how we do it. Now, I don't know if you read God's word today. I know you've already heard his word now twice. If it's okay with you, you don't have to do this. But for the next 20 minutes, I want to do an activation activity with you. But we're going to actually do this. And I don't want us to read all three chapters because it's going to take a little too long than I think we can. Today was Proverbs 19 through 21 and 2 Corinthians 7. If you could keep the last slide up there, the last one. So if you have your Bibles, whether you use a device or your phone, let's just read Proverbs 21 and 2 Corinthians 7. And let's do all five steps. Before, we, before, you, before you read it, take a moment and come to Jesus, pray. Take a moment and just say, Lord, empty me, clear my mind. But let's just read 2 Corinthians 7, but also Proverbs 21 first, and then 2 Corinthians 7. But do the whole steps. Come to Jesus, read, highlight, pick one, meditate, and we're going to give about 10 to 15 minutes max to do this. But don't feel rushed. But let's do this right now. Can we do that? I don't know if it's possible. Can we get some background music? Some music, not too loud, but let's do that. Second Corinthians and Proverbs.